Hello and welcome to Motor Cult episode 55. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. Hey, that's me. Hello there. Happy uh, Wednesday to you. Wednesday. Or if you're on Twitch, now. Yeah. If you're watching us live, then it's actually still Saturday. But uh, Wednesday. Also, if you want our podcast, uh, sorry, our second weekly podcast way early, hop over to Twitch. You can yeah, see it live. That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> if you have nothing happening on a Saturday at 1.46. Central time. Yeah, central time. Soon to be daylight saving time too i think that's soon it's for farming right i don't know it's totally made up to me it's just the government controlling what time it is yeah it it is the government but it was supposed to be for farmers but the farmers supposedly supposedly for the farmers but the farmers said that it didn't matter anyway right nobody wants it no and a lot of the world doesn't use it no, only us. Yeah. We, we're the only country that we're uses We're really that. stubborn when it comes to maintaining really dumb standards. Hey, Donald Trump, if you want to cut something back, another president did, can you, can you do, do daylight saving? Yeah, can you just please? veto daylight saving, please? I heard it was a Democrat thing. that, that <laughs> It should probably just it go communist. away, right? Yeah. It was actually Wink, Obama. wink. Can we switch to the imperial gallon? Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> people. Anyway, beer. Uh, I'm drinking Tecate. Gross. Because it's the second podcast of the day and I don't care anymore. Ah, you're going to come back to me. Sounds good. Uh, Ryan is... He's currently drinking Monster. Yep. Now he's going over to my beer fridge. He's opening my beer fridge. He is examining my beer fridge. He is pondering on his beard next to my beer fridge. He's grabbing a Bauhaus. Examining oh the God, can for Bauhaus. Oh my God, put your dick away. He's grabbing a... <laughs> Dragon Stout, comparing the two, he has gone with the Bauhaus. He looks pleased with himself. He's coming back to the podcast table. He has set the Bauhaus can down. He's putting his headphones back on, cracking his neck, doing some stretches, jazzercising, and he has now cracked his beer wide open. Ryan, yes, tell me about that Bauhaus. It's a Bauhaus, therefore nice. it is delicious. Excellent. This Takata is quite nice. It's very poverty, but I'm just fine with that. I told you about the uh, customer I had at work that gave me 100 beers, right? Yes. Yeah. That, that, that was one of our like first episodes where we brought <laughs> beer into it. You told us that story. I'm like, I don't know. He, he stands by his word. <clears throat> that That is my favorite customer at work to date. You should see if he'll do that again. That, actually, no. My, my favorite customer is this guy named Pavel. He's the only other person that understands my love of Russian cars. He's the one that gave me this lovely uh, Volkswagen uh, oh, camper van. Oh, the high-end camper yeah. van sticker? You should actually, but since we have extra time in this episode you should tell me about your boss and that type too oh because <laughs> i i enjoyed that story even though it, it was like a full day vent dump <clears throat> it really was all right so uh, my, my boss I, I love him the, the bits he's the best boss i've ever had but he's squirrel brained mm-hmm. <laughs> so what we have this uh the 69 uh type 2 <laughs> which is yeah it, it even though it looks just like a 68 and 70, it's a one-year only okay. mechanically. It's got like some 68 bits, some 70 bits, and a steering box that only works on a 69. Anyway, so on, I think this is maybe Tuesday or Wednesday. It's like day after the car arrived. Um, he goes and he just decides, I'm going to start working on this. So he pulls into the only open 
quote unquote bay mm-hmm. in the shop, which is the alignment rack, <laughs> <laughs> which is used for am I, if I'm not mistaken, aligning vehicles. Aligning vehicles. Okay, cool. And which have, you guys do once or twice? <laughs> yeah, like a day. Okay. Um, so he pulls into the alignment <laughs> rack, and he goes and starts tinkering. He goes, "I'll give you some paperwork in a little bit here." Hour goes by. And he tells one of the technicians to tell me that he's going to go and get some parts for it. Does not, and he'll be right back. Anyway, uh, I, I, having worked here for over a year, know what "I'll be right back" means, uh, which see means you next week. Yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, oh, tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> which can easily turn to next week if he decides to go up north. Um, anyway, so the <laughs> he goes and gets a part. And does not tell anybody what the part is. Mm-hmm. Goes to, I guess, Doom Buggy Supply, which is in Norwood, Young America, which is conveni- not close. Conveniently in dead center geographically in the middle of Minnesota. I have to drive through it to my drive all the way down to southwest Minnesota. It, it is quite <laughs> far away. Um, yeah. Anyway, so he goes there and I guess decides, goes further squirrel brand, sees a, um, <laughs> sees a skid loader. And our skid loader kind of sucks at work. You have one? Yeah, we do. For it's why? For pushing around dead Volkswagens and plowing. Ah, so you don't use yeah. an ATV with a tire strapped on the front of it like almost all other shops. No, we also have that as well. Okay. Um, <laughs> two tires and a plow. Nice. Anyway, so ours kind of sucks because it doesn't have heat or radio or anything. But it's oh, also you're really ni- roughing it. Yeah, well, it's also kind of nice because, you know, also when you're plowing, like, it just makes you do it a little bit faster because yeah. you just want to not be there. Yes. Uh, however, it's not the most reliable thing because hmm. it has a Ford Pinto engine and it is... It's a gas skid loader? Yeah. Whoa. That's weird. That's it very strange. very loud and screechy. And has that been swapped in or was that factory? It was factory. It's really? An, it's an old New Holland from like 1975. I yeah. did not know they did gas skid loaders. Yeah, they do. That's huh. the thing. It's actually it's a Ford Pinto engine. Well, the two, three engines is good, I guess. So you don't want to rear in that at a funky angle. Well, it doesn't have the pent-up no, gas tank. No, it doesn't have the gas tank, yeah. The gas tank's right behind. It's sandwiched between you and the engine. I think if you're getting to a point where the gas tank's going to ignite, you have larger issues because you're then getting to a car accident in a skid loader, which is not <laughs> rated by the Speak- <laughs> NHGSA. I was going to say, speaking of larger issues, we were just looking up the previous owner of the Mercia Lago on Google. Oh, man. <laughs> and she got thick. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if you've seen Jenna Jameson, but she, God. Like, as of last year, I think she's she's dropped all the way now, but, like, she was pretty hefty. Yeah, she was pretty she nasty. Was awful. Yeah. yeah, it was not good. Not she good. really let herself go. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, back to the story. Anyway, no, that's okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, I will say Asa Akira. She looks way better than Jenna Jameson. They're about the same age. Akira? Asa Akira, she's a another porn star. Oh, anyway. Okay, I'm not going to Google um, it then. No, but. I wouldn't. Po- I wouldn't Google okay. it. But she looks way better than Jen Jameson. Of course, there are cows in the middle of Wisconsin. Literal cows that look better than her. Pam Poovy. Uh, yeah, Pam Poovies. <laughs> well, Pam Poovies as well. But anyway, so, so back back on topic. Yeah, well, uh, we'll try. So the the 16 van, but Bill, of course, he sees the skid loader. He's like really enamored with it, and then he like gets all giddy, goes home, forgets the parts, all the parts that he ordered. Um, on the counter there. So drives back. Sees so he's he buying the skid loader? No. Test driving it. <laughs> so, yeah, th- that happened. Yeah, squirrel brain, I think, fits him pretty yeah, well. Yeah, no, he, he's... But, I mean, it, so, anyway. Um, where are we at? So, yeah, and then after that, he we finally get the parts. He calls me up the day after this event happens. So because he didn't the come van, back to The work. van's been here for three days. He goes, On hey. the alignment, right? Yeah. He goes, yeah. In, in his defense, he runs like five different businesses and has a family and everything. Like, I totally get it. He works 20-hour days. 
So, yeah. Yes, he's, but he also left a vehicle yeah. on the alignment rack <laughs> at a functioning shop. Yes, he, he did do that. It's taken um, apart. Yeah, and no longer drivable. Also, uh, the front suspension was quote-unquote scary. So, uh, the, By the customer or by Bill? By the boss. Yeah, it was... Okay. You can jiggle that wheel a lot. That needs a steering wow, a box. Wow, steering box. Surprising. Of course, one year only, it's to be like a week and a half to get the steering box out. And so anyway, I had my technician like piece the van back together so we can push it around. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Bill calls me up and goes, hey, how, how's the van going? I, I, I don't know. How is it going? You, you haven't told me anything. This else. is your ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you, you, you took this ticket from me. You said you were going to handle it. <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, what well, needs this, 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 and this? I'm like, can you text that to me? He goes, yeah, sure. Anyway, it's, uh, some crisis happens. Um, <laughs> he doesn't text me. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, can I get that update? And he goes, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, that's what it needs. <clears throat> I talked to the customer finally. Um, <laughs> for, the, for the first time thus far. <laughs> I said, hey, you need this. So wait, this. wait, 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 wait. It's been taken apart. Yeah, and immobilized. But, well, to be fair, to diagnose it, we had to. There's no, no way. That, that's fine. But yeah. like, did the customer like approve on the drop yeah, off? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yep, right. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's just one of those things. Make sure you guys like chop shopping a car no, trying to no, diagnose no, something. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that. Okay. No, uh, no. It's one of those things where so like with these like old vans and stuff, I go into it. I always describe it to people and be like, hey, listen. Sometimes with these vans to diagnose it, we have to start tearing th- things apart. Yeah. To do it correctly. Most of the time, yes. And so, and that's exactly what had to happen. We had to diagnose it correctly. You know, we're not going to shotgun parts and give you, you know, 30 hours of inspection time for us to say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're going to, in all honesty, it was, we got all of that figured out within an hour of inspection time. Nice. And we can okay. still slap it all back together. I'm, I'm not, I get the customer declined it. I put it back together and say, hey, this is where it's at. I really would not recommend driving it. You know, I've had to have that conversation before. Mm-hmm. It's not a fun conversation, but I've had to do it. Well, in Minnesota, you can't legally hold their car if it's unsafe right um i don't think you can no you can't but they there is a rule where if they refuse to sign a waiver to take the car right yeah, yeah i know you have to then sign the then yeah you have to sign a waiver um but anyway yeah so he, he i've he, had to he sign appro- one of those yeah he, he of course approves the repair um because well, he wants his car to like work <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I finally get the parts back and it's just been like, it was like whole, it's been this like, I'm definitely making this faster than the whole story really is, but, right, but it's just been one of those things where it's just everything that could have like been more of a ridiculous situation has happened mm-hmm. <laughs> It gained this car running. But yeah, anyway, so, um, yeah, luckily we, we got all that sorted out. But yes, yeah, so anyway, the car was left on the alignment rack. I like mostly just assembled. I got like three techs all needing to align cars at the same time. And like, and then Bill would like go run and like take care of a crisis at one of his rental properties he owns. Where like, I think like a toilet like exploded or something. <laughs> Some, so, something ridiculous like that. And then anyway, yeah, so we get all the parts and then he shoots me a text and goes, yeah, if we're going up north for MEA. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. I'm like... Oh. Um, oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> okay, I, I appreciate that uh, heads up. I'm like, it, conveniently, thank God, um, this steering rack is like a week and a half out. The so, steering box? Yeah, sorry, the steering box. It's a week and a half out because they have to like rebuild one. They have to find one, rebuild it, and send it to us. So that's fair. But it's just been like the most ridiculous situation I've ever well, had to least, work in. I mean, a Type 2 <laughs> box, even if it's the unique one, your only one, I'm sure it's still available. Yeah, uh, no. Really? It's not. It's oh. literally one year. So it had to be 
It had we, to be sent out and rebuilt. It had to be sent out and rebuilt. So luckily, we, luckily we were able to do that. And I think that's actually the, that's something where, you know, if you have a car and you're not a hundred percent confident, you know, taking it to a specialized repair shop, like my shop, good karma. Um, well, yeah, if I that, think of air cooled, I do think of you guys and further. Yeah. And then to a lesser extent that, uh, Van Gogh place. Yeah. Actually Van Gogh, uh, Jordan, he, um, he started good karma. Yeah. I yeah. guess that makes sense. Yeah, he started a very similar here. feeling show, and he he does more Euro, uh, van again, so he does mm-hmm. more water cooled vans. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Actually, we uh, we built a really cool one for a customer. Um, so there's this company called Go Westy, which um, I've they, actually heard of them. I don't yeah, know why they do uh, like performance stuff for Vanigans, hmm. which is actually it sounds ridiculous, but I mean, relatively speaking, you put like a set high compression piston, you look like a god. So you don't have to do much to make these vans better, <laughs> <laughs> but. Anyway, so I don't know, our customer had a uh, Vanagon, and we put in their um, the twenty four sixty cc engine that they make, which is their second. It seems really big for an air cooled four. It's massive because they they the big one from the factory is the two point one liter. I didn't know they did anything that big. I thought yeah. like the it was, like, like... was a water cooled, now air cooled. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, okay, no, yeah, yeah, not okay. that, but it was <clears throat> a, it was the water cooled. It's awesome. it was still a water boxer yeah. though. Boxer boxer, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, they're I all, like that term. Yeah, Vas- water boxer. Yeah, Vasa boxer. <laughs> but the the other um, engine that Goesti makes is like a two point seven liter. Makes like two hundred horsepower. A all motor four. That's huge. Jeez. Anyway, I I, I want to drive one of those because I drove this on the twenty four sixty and I drove it because we were still doing the braking period. I only I went less than half throttle and kept it below four thousand RPM. And I feel like if I went full throttle, that van would spin tires all the way through first year. So what you're telling me is it was faster than the Red M3 with the bad ECU in it. Yes. Significantly faster. Yeah. <laughs> like that that van actually I think it'd be the first van again ever to do a burnout. Like that would you be could fun make to watch. it happen. Actually, so. There's something strangely appealing about that. So I, I know van- almost nothing about the water cooled Volkswagen flat four, but it <laughs> I uh, I totally get why people do super swaps. Are those um are those like Porsche's transitional time where they were using like water-cooled heads but still air-cooled jugs? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, oh. 100%. That's where Porsche got that from. Okay. It was not the best design. So it has water-cooled heads. It, it's, well, it's really weird the way they did it. Yeah, it's basically it's a water-cooled head. Okay. But it's just so weird how their coolant gal is like, because there's like a mass, there's a huge like gap. Like you pull the heads off, yeah. like between where the jugs are and where the rest of the case is. Mm-hmm. There's just a like, huge gap. Or like, there's just a massive oil sump there, yeah. and it's like it, you know on an old on I'm old. Sure there's a ton of oil in it. Yeah, well, I mean, old air cooled Volkswagens type ones, type twos, like they held like two quarts of oil, like they had nothing in them. But um, really, yeah, they had the smallest oil sumps I've ever seen in a car, in and my they're life. cooled with that liquid. Yeah. They must have needed oil changes like every fifteen hundred yeah, miles. Yeah, they did because okay. they also like up until like 1969 did not ha- they had a. Uh, oil sump strainer, not an oil filter. Oh so, my word! It's like a scooter. Yeah, it was. They were <laughs> questionable. Um, no wonder they needed to be rebuilt all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so luckily, Juggins cylinder heads like one hundred and twenty dollars for one of those. Exactly. <laughs> so um, yeah, no, the the Vanigans are way better. Hmm. But anyway, so this um, yeah, these air cooled or these water cooled ones actually are actually really kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, to, for the Go Westy 2.7 liter, like they have their own like custom EFI system that they like run as opposed to the Surprising, 80s questionable EFI. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's one. It's one of those cars where they're 
like the, if you look at them on paper versus like what they're worth, nothing adds up correctly. Cause like for like a good Vanagon camper, it's like a twenty thousand dollar vehicle, but it makes like ninety horsepower. Right. And I assume they make a decent amount of torque though. No, um, hundred and twenty. It's about as, about as much power as Jan's Accord makes with the factory engine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. It, but if you if you look at it on paper, like it's an old camper van that doesn't get good fuel economy. It's not terribly reliable, and it's very slow, and it's twenty four thousand dollars. It's just like those engines I know are really expensive, but they're also you know much much more reliable than the. You know, than the factory ones. So. Yeah. But, I mean, like, it's one of those things where like, I think, like, 100% of the value of Vanagon's comes from the fact that people don't know that, like, Toyota and Nissan and Mitsubishi all made ver- variants of that that are not, um, is th- that are much more reliable. There's, it's just really strange. But, anyway, Vanagon's, I still think, are kind of cool. So, I so. pulled up a picture of the water boxer, and, yeah, that that's very clearly largely based on the air-cooled. It's an air-cooled... Because, I mean, it still has, like, the strap holding the valve cover on. Yeah, push rods. This is a push rod, right? Yep, the external push rods. Yep, with the O-ring. I mean, those are probably pretty reliable engines. I'm actually going to turn on the uh, mics a little bit more, because I think the Murcielago is about to start up. Yes, I'd be okay with that. Well, we can keep talking. I'm sure it'll fire it up. Yeah. (laughs) But, um... But, yeah, I mean, that that whole... Okay. So, I mean, the the water pump housing clearly looks like an add-on. Yep. Those cases, I mean, the, the it looks like it's got the same center case as an air-cooled. Yeah. Basically. It's, it, it, is, it is different, but it's very close. Yeah, okay. and they, same um, design, though, right? Yeah. And they have um, a lot of the cooling systems actually on the outside of the engine. It's really <laughs> strange, the way that they like ran coolant. Right. It. Yeah, the water jackets. I mean, that's kind of how they Porsche first started doing their water-cooled sixes. They yeah. just started replacing the, the, the blocks, essentially, or the jugs with blocks. Yeah, that's kind of what they did. Yeah, it's just a water like you still, you still have the jug inside of it. It's just, it's really odd. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like that's not cool or anything. It is really cool, but it's like it's definitely of the era. It's very um, right. It is very much so an afterthought. <laughs> that maxed out the speakers. Yes, it did. <clears throat> Reflection of the paint on the 850. <laughs> so Jenna Jameson can drive a manual. <laughs> yeah, that used to be Jenna Jameson's car, so apparently she can drive a manual. <laughs> that is a thing. Anyway, we can turn the microphones down to a reasonable volume now. Um, so yeah, this is a 1.9 liter DG water boxer out of an 85. Yeah, and then 1.9s and the 2.1s have different cooling systems. The 2.1s are sure. more uh, fleshed out. Um, <laughs> That's still an interesting thing, though. Like I, had, for the longest time, I didn't know that those were water cooled. Yeah, and I didn't know that they were based on like the air-cooled engines. Yeah, they're really so. weird. Uh, but of course, nothing fits between them. Of course not. It's, it's German. Why would why would they work together? That's like, <laughs> we should we should make a TSI uh, uh, flat four. 
<laughs> Can you imagine if Volkswagen made a flat four, like all the issues of a TSI, all the issues of a Subaru engine put together? Yeah, they, they did. They called it a Vanagon. <laughs> just everything happened to be a lot cheaper to purchase. Oh, man. So, okay. So this van, you put it back into rollable condition. The guy picked it up. He's happy. No, no. We, we still have it. Oh. Yeah. We, we still have that 69. It's well, going to be. Hell, it's going to be. Well, because we're. This, this is how vans go. They sit at our shop for like ever because finding anything for them is awful. And then we get these people that like want to daily drive them. Ah, that's something that I don't recommend because mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I go like we've got like I've had like three people in the last like month and a half be like, yeah, what, I, I'm just this is my only car. So your your whole life is based around the reliability of a van again. Like that. Yikes. That's something I would not. That is a Russian roulette game. I do not count on. <laughs> Like it's a Russian. Oh, well, it's my daily driver. That's a Russian. Well, with a no. Derringer. No, God, no. Like, that, that is, that is not, not, not a good decision. Don't, don't do it. Drive it. <laughs> like maybe if you put like fifty thousand dollars, you like a Subaru, like two two, closed deck yeah. swap, and you've recently done everything on it. You went over that entire van. Yeah. You might be able to daily drive it in summer. But it's one of those things where it's like, and then we get these people like. They'll buy a van again and just immediately go on a road trip. Oh, yeah. You tell me about these people. Oh, the 2.5 liter ones, too, right? Always. No, it's uh, the 2.1s. Yeah. Uh, the, well, I thought it was the 5 cylinder. No, I'm talking Euro oh, vans. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Euro vans. Euro vans are just <clears throat> all Euro vans. All 2.5 liter Euro vans are not reliable, never work consistently. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's the. Um, yeah, the, they're uh, not something I'd really recommend <laughs> um, going on a road trip with without extensive. Um, preparation because i had another one of those like and expensive a lady wanted to go on i go out camping this weekend and she brought her van in because she goes i mean brake pedal feels a little funny well you need brake master cylinder more importantly let's talk about those like coolant geyser you have underneath your van and then like that and that, or we other people are from boston they needed head gaskets and they were waiting like and they were here for a week that week where it rained for 10 days. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about yeah, the Boston the enti- people. The that was like their time. first time ever in the Twin Cities, and they got rained on the entire time. The entire time. It gets started the day they're they never arrived. coming back. Yeah, no, they're never coming back. Uh, very nice people. But, yeah, no, they had to do a radiator, all the coolant hoses, all the coolant hard metal hard oh, lines. they found you, though. That's good. Yeah, thank God. But it's just like one of those things where it's like if they didn't do it here, they would have to like hold out until they get to Washington. To find a reasonable Vanagon shop. Oh my god, <laughs> and that's was, the wrong direction if they're in Boston. Well, yeah, because they were on a road trip, and it was like that was a 1.9 liter, so it's even harder to find parts. And the 2.1 is just that was quite a. They ordeal. sound like a bad decision. Yeah, it's one of those things. If you're gonna get a Vanagon, do due diligence. <laughs> Pay the extra for one that's been somebody else took that beating. Yeah, somebody else took the beating on it. Um, and then whenever you own it, you know, people say like, how, how much do you expect me to put into a van again every year? I'm like, I can't answer that. I will tell you, you're going to spend at least four digits. You have at least one four figure repair every year, the entire time you own this vehicle, regardless of how much money you put into it. It's an old German car and it's been driven hard and put away wet all the time. Yeah. Cause I mean, driving that thing normally is beating the absolute tits out of it. Basically. Yeah, you really are. It, and it's one of those things where it's like. You know, like a, a BMW, you know, six thirty five CSI, or a, I'm especially I'm specifically something like that, like one of those like upscale kind of Grand Tourer cars, like, personal luxury coupe. Yeah, like those have been cared for a little bit better. Yeah, most of them so, have been, and that's a big engine in a not that big car. Yeah, and that so that's a car where like if I'm going to be taking a German car from the 1980s across the country, I'm going to choose like a six thirty five CSI, 
or like a, choose five, like a 560 SEL. A 560 SEL or SEC. The 180 old... horsepower. Yeah. Very stressed. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. But I mean, it's one of those things where those cars are, um, you know, th- I would say this, the six series because you have modern fuel injection on that. Yeah. I That's the only reason I'd take that. I would, I would take that over the, the 560. If you have a fueling issue on 560, you're done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rural Montana. I'm sure there's a bunch of CIS technicians around but here. But I mean, like, if you have, like, a problem with your 635 CSI, go find a guy that's probably on a Civic. You'll get an injector out of it. It has a Bosch two-plug connector. Yeah, as long as it's a... The 635s, the early ones were uh, high... high imp- no, low-impedance injectors, yeah, which low are kind of hard to yeah. find. But. but I mean, well, no, Jeeps all day long had them. I guess. The Jeep, as long as you the know what you're Jeep, yeah, yeah. You can find them. But I mean, like... Yeah, if you have a 560 SEC and you don't know how to tune CIS and, like, you break down Montana, you're done. Like, yep. You're, you're going to have to tow it. You're finishing your road trip in a W body. Like, <laughs> it's not going to be fun. A W body with a tow dolly towing your Mercedes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so, gross. Uh, yeah, no, that's just the thing. Is, I don't know. I, Vanagans, I think they're cool. I'd probably... Mm, if I found one for very cheap, I might no, get one. don't do but, it. That's the thing. It's like, if I found one for very cheap and I found, like, the exact one I wanted, if I wanted... If I got like a like a slick top non camper with the ninety one era, the late eighties, early nineties body work on it, like that's one I would actually get. I but gotcha. Well, that, I mean, to each their own. It's probably not something I would consider, but that, I do get the appeal behind it. You, you know what I do with that? I'd the get, second I find myself a Mitsubishi Delica or a oh Toyota God. van wagon, I knew this was coming. I would totally trade it. This immediately. <sighs> the second I can. Like a five speed twelve L VR. Eurovan, I could do. I don't like the Eurovan because it, I like the Eurovan. The Eurovan, you have to deal with all the it, you have to deal with all the mechanical garbage yeah. of a Euro of a van again. I have a welder, but then you have the '90s uh, Volkswagen electrical problems, late '90s Volkswagen electrical problems of like I have wear of like the B5 Passat. All the biodegradable crap. Yeah, all the biodegradable and like the crap. way too thin of gauge wire that they use on everything. Yep. And then you ha- still have to deal with the overstressed engine. Uh, a two eight VR would be okay in there. It's a four thousand pound vehicle. Yeah, you have to deal with the transmissions that go out all the time, odd Mac only. I know, but like a five speed one would be cool. Yeah, if you can put one together, I guess it's all cable, so you probably can. Yeah, it'd be fine. So, yeah, but it's just one of those things where it would take so much effort to get a Eurovan. I mean, it's and at the end of the day, like. How, it's still a Volkswagen. I don't. Well, want no. It. I mean, at the end of the day, how different is a Eurovan from an Odyssey? You know, very. That's still it's very f- unique. St- it's more similar to a Transit. Well, I mean, no. I mean, it's still front wheel drive. It's still, uh, you know, it's still just true. a normal van. At yeah, that but point. it's so much bigger and more utilitarian, though. That's true. There is that, but I mean, I don't know, it's just one of those things where, yeah, at that point, I go with American conversion van if I was to get that because it's also I would so give a, much bigger. A sprinter. It's so much bigger at that point. It's just like go get go get a Sprinter or like like a, a G twenty or like a, an Express because <laughs> they are reliable. Be, it's gonna be the same size. You're gonna have yeah. the same effect. It's gonna be more reliable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, where a, a Euro a Vanagon though, a Vanagon is different because a Vanagon's a Vanagon. so much smaller. It's more a Vanagon be more equivalent to like my Mazda five in size. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not big vehicles. No, they're and just the, not aero at all. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I think I think that the van. I mean, I get the appeal because like inside they have a ton of space. But all right, let's let's move on to yeah. an actual topic. <laughs> Since I I willingly got us into that one, but uh, I'm starting it, off with a Patreon this that week. That took up half of our episode. <laughs> yes, it did. That's fine. <clears throat> um, as autonomous vehicles increasingly proliferate, are drinking, you okay with your I've, beer there? I have a drinking problem. <laughs> 
As autonomous vehicles oh, increasingly proliferate, could you see the remaining human-driven cars having an increased manual take rate over the non-autonomous market? Yes. I think so, too. I, I think once we get people that have no interest in driving out of driving cars, you're going to find a lot more people that are willing to not necessarily have their main commuter car be that way, because I think a lot of those people will end up in electric, you know, non-self-driving commuter cars, too. But I think they're, they're weekend vehicles, absolutely. I, I don't know if that's going to lend itself more to finding what they were after as a kid and buying that used, or if they're actually going to buy like a new, uh, a new manual vehicle. But I mean, it's, I certainly don't see it getting uh, the, the manual transmission demise. I don't see that getting like more rapid. No, I think it will, once uh, autonomous vehicles become a thing, manual transmissions will become more common. My issue, though, is... I really like hot hatches and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like... some enthusiasts. We all like those. I feel like those are going to go away. Why? Be- Why? Well, my Just reason- because it is like the most utilitarian manual transmission vehicle type? I, I, think, I think that just automakers will say, well, you can just have an AV. Well, and I mean... Well, okay, fine. You're as saying, a, you're saying opposed- a gasoline-powered manual hot hatch? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because there, there's going think- to be electric hot hatches, dude. Yeah, but I make mean, a manual transmission hot okay. hatch. Yeah. That's those are, I agree. Those are, Th- those are gonna go away. It's gonna suck. That's my favorite kind of car in the world. I will take, like, my favorite hot hatch. I will take over my favorite supercar. Mm, nah, not me. Renault Five Turbo versus uh, Countach. I would take the Renault Five Turbo. Yeah, I'll just take my three fifty five. Thanks. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's totally good. Uh, no, but th- that's also the thing is I also I don't care about actual fast. I can I care about you know ridiculousness and driving. No, I Actually, I, mean, I, whole... I, I guess I would take that back. With the exception of the Countach, I would take the Renault Five Turbo over anything else in the world. It's yeah. I I, I like. I like having my practical utilitarian car, but it doesn't need to be a stick for me. It just needs to be either yeah. a stick or no transmission. But no, I, I like I like hot hatches just because of like you know how they are. That it doesn't have to be a, just a sports car. I like the actual layout. Of me them. too. But hot hatches, I'm, I'm saying, are not going away. Well, I mean, is as after AVs take take place, I, I think that they'll stop being produced. I don't think so. I I, I feel like a electric hatch that's that's going to be hot. Yeah. That's different. It's going to be way hotter. It's going to be different. So hot. It's going to be totally different. Fuego. The, the, the Fiat 500 Abarth will go away. Fuego. The Fiat 500 Abarth yeah. will go away as we know it. Yes. And we will see a Fiat 500 electric Abarth, which will be really cool. But it's yeah, gonna I'm be fine different. with that. It's going to be totally it, different. It drives better than the Abarth, though. Oh, I guess. But I still like the manual transmission. Abarth can't gap an Evo. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gaptism. I, I think you're spot on with that. I mean, I, I think as we see the viable long-range EVs continue to come to market at lower and lower price ranges and start actually directly competing with the gasoline automatic versions, mm-hmm. the cars that are currently making manuals proliferate more slowly. I think the EVs are going to completely consume the automatic gas market share. Yes. Which they, is oh, great. They absolutely will. Which, which is, is fine. fine. Yeah, because I'll make automatic cars much better. I think, well, I guess my logic here is if you look at the gasoline engine during the 1980s when yeah. carburetors were going away. Yes, except for Jeep. Yeah, well, what did, what did carburetors end up on? They ended up on really utilitarian vehicles because yep. it stopped being like the means of performance. Mm-hmm. And like, even though people prefer driving a carbureted car, mm-hmm. uh, that it was just, it didn't make sense to make because right. you would get more performance out of the fuel injected one. 
and you get more performance out of the EV version. And now version. nobody misses carburetors. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I don't miss them, but I do appreciate them. I, I am stunned at how well they work. Yeah. It is, it's incredible, the engineering that's done to make carburetors work as well as they work. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's truly amazing. But they, uh, <laughs> no, it, it's, it's just it's going to go that way. The carburetor started mm-hmm. to get marginalized into being into the most utilitarian vehicle that you can possibly get. It went from being... You know, on everything, on the having individual carburetors being like the peak of, of performance, right? To ITBs, you know, yeah. On then it ended up being at the end of the carburetor was on a Jeep, yeah, like off road vehicle, yeah, the the wagon stopped at ninety four, and then like the occasional like farm implement, <laughs> like, and like forklifts, yeah, things and, where it doesn't matter, yeah, we're that we don't, we frankly just don't care about. But it was mainly for emissions, but yeah. it, you know, it used to be that the carburetor was. Like that was the the driver's car where yeah you have your fuel injection on like your you know super beetles and stuff but your <laughs> your well, that, that's mechanical injection kind of and that, we again, can agree mechanical injection again way yeah, worse not, than yeah a car. but again not not way a worse. not a carburetor though right uh, and right. The, the carburetor used to be you know if you wanted a performance car you would have you know twin side drive carburetors. On your inline engine. Or if you had your Lamborghini Uraco, you had eight carburetors. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or yeah. four your divide barrels. Your, yeah. yeah. You have you have one barrel per cylinder. Tuning those things is an art. Yes, it is. It's incredible. But um, no, then it eventually went to, you know, cars like the Prelude SI. You had the normal Prelude, which had twin side draft carburetors, single rig cam to dual rig cam fuel injected. Yeah. Dual rig cam fuel injected blew the twin carb SI or the twin carb standard Prelude away. And it worked and in winter. Yeah, stuff like that is what killed the carburetor. So, and that, I, I mean, that's why the electric vehicles are going to kill yep, the automatic exactly gassers. That. It's exactly it's that. It's, thing, so. it, it, when when people start getting into a Fiat 500 electric, yeah, and they are getting onto the highway, and it's like a guy with Evo 9 that's like trying to push your shit in. Yep, that guy with the Fiat 500 electric being able to pull away from the Evo. That experience right there is what's going to kill yeah. fuel injection or and gasoline. The 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 segment that I see EVs really consuming are the commuter cars, the daily drivers, and I get it because when you drive a car that doesn't make any noise, really, I mean it kind of does when you're really on it, but like your stress levels are so much lower from being in a quiet thing that's not doesn't well, take that much involvement. My, my other thing is if I want to hoon around in my daily driver, yeah, I want something that's quieter because I don't want to attract attention to myself. Exactly, that is the beauty of that car, except for like the tire noise from like burning rubber. Yeah, like. Like, like that, you the cops don't look. You could be doing fifty and a thirty. Allegedly, I've never read that as illegal, but like you could be doing fifty and a thirty, and they're never gonna look. No, it's like it's like the Mazda Five. Like it, it doesn't make any noise. It's not flashy, <laughs> and yeah. And then uh, I will. That's uh, the sound uh, of a Mazda Five yeah. being hooned. I will go twenty five miles an hour faster than an M three, and the police officer will clock me, pull over the M three because yep, a Mazda five going faster than M three will never fly in court. As the person driving the M three, I can attest to this yeah, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> things like that happen. Um, yep. All right. Well, I think that's we, we <laughs> amazingly kept on topic and answered that one perfectly. How, however, what I, I one thing I do want to say though, um, as far as EVs and everything go, yeah. and, you know, I, I like technology and things being better. Um, there's one car that's just out today. It's just really stupid. It's a Dodge Demon. It's okay. just the dumbest car on earth. <laughs> I love it. And you know the thing that is that car. That's why my car exists. Yeah, exactly because <laughs> that car. Um, They're doing EVs the right way. Yeah. Why'd you make that? Well, it's because we gotta sell these supercharged V8s. <laughs> we, we 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 want to do a wheelie. That's why <laughs> it's the last of the V8 interceptors. It really is. But no, I, I saw one today on the way here, 
And there's you know, two or three down here. As much as I want to be like a Japanese car, like hipster, be like, oh, I only like Japanese cars. The Dutch seem so stupid. It can't handle a corner. No. Whenever I see one, I admit I get excited. That car comes with, well, it doesn't come with it. It's an option, but it's like a $100 option. It's a, it's a $1 a option. Crate, a crate of other crap that includes it's actually another a, computer. It's a, it's a $1 option. It's a, fine, $1. I love that. <laughs> and there are probably people that don't order it, which is amazing. But yeah, they ship like you. <laughs> freight ship you a demon crate, which has another set of wheels and tires, track slicks, yep. the skinnies in front and the big meats in the back, another computer so you can run it on ethanol yes. to make like 900 horsepower or whatever that crap it is. Just and a then, ridiculous yeah, like power, a, yeah. it's, it's It comes with like a the seat delete kit, the passenger seat delete kit, a bunch of other stuff. Like just It's, su- it's super cool. If you haven't seen this, just Google demon crate. And yeah. there's like YouTube Thought videos of people great, yeah. unboxing these things. And, it's incredible. And th- that's why I love that car. It's just, that car is... It is absurd. It's so stupid. And it's just perfect. And I feel like if you're going to have a big, dumb muscle car, get the biggest, dumbest muscle car. If you have a Hellcat, you should be ashamed no, no, of no, yourself. No, 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 no. What you should really do want is you want a Hellcat wide body with a six-speed. Because the Demon does not come in manual. I, Demon does a wheelie. So? I want a muscle car for the sole purpose of going down a straight line and great speed. I do love when they were developing the Demon. Like, well, how, is it reliable? Like, we literally had one that did quarter miles for a day straight. Yeah, it all did. We switched drivers, but we just launched it over and over and over and over and over again. And it just kept And working. nothing was wrong. Yep. That, they they had launched really it cool. like 1,300 times or something <laughs> that day. <clears throat> I, I think you put on like uh, on that per, on that test car put like a hundred thousand miles of I've just just, of literally <laughs> just quarter miles. So they they had yeah. four hundred thousand quarter mile runs. That thing is to make it reliable, extremely which is just reliable. insane. Yeah. So the components are definitely able to handle a lot more power. I just, I just I fully appreciate that car. It's so stupid, and I feel like even people that like aren't into muscle cars, aren't into drag racing. Like they should have, everybody should appreciate the that. The demon fully. is cool. It is also. Cool. I wouldn't you, buy one, but it's cool. If you have a Dodge Demon and you are not running those slicks or those skinnies up front all the time, what are you doing? Why? Well, the factory wheel tire package is pretty thick all the way around. It's it's massive all the way around. Why though? What what are you gonna do with that? Apparently, you have to be able to stop or take a corner. Like, what are you gonna do? Take a corner with that? I don't know. It's not made for cornering. I don't know. I, I, get the widest tire in the world on that, and it's going to still be garbage I at a corner. I think they should have come with the skinnies and the slicks, and then the demon crate should have given you street wheels and tires. <laughs> that would have been even better. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a Dodge Demon, I would... So ex- many of them crashed on test drives. I know, right? <laughs> I would exclusively ride with the skinnies up front. Just not corner for anything at all, ever. Um, all right. no, I just wanted to mention that. Fine. I, I like dumb stuff. I do. I, I like the clever stuff on the other side of it, too, though. Yeah. Um, and speaking of clever stuff, uh, NHTSA and HTSA, the National whatever Highway Safety Transit Administration. National uh, Highways Traffic Administration. NH- I don't know. NHTSA, I think. National, National Highway Traffic Transit. Safety Administration. That sounds right. Anyway, they finally bring us out of the dark ages here. They just approved last week high-tech headlights. Laser headlights, finally. Laser headlights. You know the stuff that Europe's had for 15 years? 
Oh, dude. On production cars? Talk to me about HTSV beam thrown on side. Can we talk about the nipples on headlights? Sealed beams and the nipples? No, this nipples on non-sealed beams yeah. up until the mid-2000s. I will let you talk about nipples on headlights. Yeah, thank you. I want to talk about nipples right uh, now. Okay. All right. If any of you don't know what I'm talking about, go f- walk out of your house right now. Find the one car you can find that was not made after like 2004 or so. You'll find like a something like a like an EG Honda Civic. And you'll find these weird little nipple things on the headlights. What those were is those were alignment nipples that they would put on headlight alignment machines back in the 1950s that have been obsolete literally since the 50s. And even on steel beam cars, like back in the 70s where you couldn't use that machine anymore, they still required those nipples. I did just pull up a photo on the there stream. Go, it's yeah. a little hard to see, but in the corners, there are these little raised glass nipples. They're probably about like a, about a half inch long. Maybe. Pretty, they're pretty yeah. decent sized nipples. So yeah. it's cold out. Yeah, it's cold out. Oh, here's a side view. Yeah, there you go. The so yeah, you can see those nipples. So they're that's for machines, so you can align the headlight. However, th- these machines haven't been used since like the, the '60s. So, which but, is it, '50s or '60s, Ryan? I'm sorry, but no, they were. Uh, it was 1950s technology, but forgive used me, my friend. Since then, but um, no, like in the in the '80s when the aero or the yeah the late late '80s when the aerodynamic headlight finally became thank goodness because they finally allowed it. Yeah, we were talking about the Euro. 107 and stuff like that. Exactly, Ugh. yeah. The, when they finally allowed that, you still had to put those stupid nipples on them. Like, all the so way... dumb. And I, I think they, like, they quietly repealed that law. Like, they just, like, revised it and just got rid of it, like, in the 90s. But they didn't tell anybody. So, like, auto manufacturers weren't 100% certain yeah. until, like, the 2000s that you didn't need to have the nipples on headlights. Imagine, like, the Murcielago with nipples on its headlights. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> But I, no, like um, actually, I think the Diablo might have those. Uh yeah, the the non three hundred ZX one for yeah, sure. Yeah, the, the, the VTs. Yeah, the VTs. The I'm pretty sure had mm-hmm. had those. Um, Did I hear the door? No, I think it's Jan just bumping the microphone. Oh, that's all right. I just wanted to make sure. But yeah, no, like th- those nipples are just so dumb. But yeah, they kept them forever. Like I'm surprised we got laser headlights this soon. <sighs> I, you know, I I made this topic. I I don't even want to talk about it. So I guess my other question is. So you get these fancy laser headlights now. Yeah. How come headlights still suck? They, well, they don't. Have you driven a modern car with, like, LED headlights? Well, I, I know, but, I mean, like, they aren't, like, they don't, they just make the area in front of it brighter. They don't extend down the road anymore. I guess that's they, probably they an do. HTSA and rule. LED headlights now, they, like, selectively illuminate things, so they won't light up reflective signs and stuff like that, but they will light up road. That's cool. And, like, laser headlights do that big time. Oh, yeah, because you can point And there, it. there's no light bleeding. I mean, like, if you, if you're, in front of a an LED headlight car, like an Audi or BMW, yeah, you look back at the headlights, like you could you could stare at that thing in the middle of the night with no auto dimming mirror, and your eyes won't be strained at oh, all. Oh, it's gonna be so much better! I can't wait to put that in trucks. So I don't <sighs> have to deal with those douchebags and F one fifties. No, it's because they keep buying the eBay ones, which aren't DOT certified. If you have a, if you have an F one fifty or any other lifted truck, and you have HIDs and standard halogen housings, and your truck is lifted. Jump Go out of your yourself. truck. Jump out of your truck kill right yourself. now because you are the bane of everybody's existence. Put projectors in it. You are the worst person on earth. Yeah, put projectors in it. Everyone or hates you. Just be a normal person you and put a in a normal penis. headlight. Put in a normal headlight. Yeah. Because it will work fine. Those are pretty well engineered at this it, point. You, you can do. You can take that money, that like $100 you would spend on your stupid HIDs, and put it anywhere else. Lift the rear into your truck or something. I don't know. 
<laughs> you could make your truck so much cooler by putting a hundred dollars into something other than your stupid headlights. Jam a golf tee in the wastegate uh, vacuum line. Sick. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, Is just, that a real thing? I'm sure. It has just to make be. the wastegate not open anymore. Yeah. Just have all the boosts. Yeah. Yeah. There you Blow go. Blow up perfect. your power stroke. Have fun. Yeah, that's it'd be fantastic. <laughs> Blow up your power stroke. Go buy a W bike. Blow that up. Now end up with a Chevy Venture. Perfect. <laughs> Never late in a 3.8. Oh, that's what W body people legitimately say. No. Yes. yes Jan is mad about it. Yeah, I look at her face. Like, she, um, don't stab me. I didn't say. So it. I want to talk about something okay. different. Okay, that's than good. Please, that. I don't want to I'm talk not, about lifted trucks. I, I want to bring it back to. Um, yeah, some of these cars were like back in the '80s when they did the aerodynamic headlight. Yeah, sometimes those aerodynamic headlights actually made cars look worse. Oh yeah, I mean those were like Gen One, like oh let's get rid of this just because we have to basically. Yeah. So I want to talk about cars that looked better before their facelift. Oh, I've got some stuff here then. Yeah, I'm gonna start out with the Z31 300ZX. Okay. That was that's my number one because that car is so what just uncompromisingly boxy. That you cannot attempt yeah. to make cor- like curves on it and smooth it out. You just have to commit the full boxiness. Pretty much. Um, I'm sorry. That was that's entirely right. my phone. Oh, that's my phone again. Uh, one second here. There you go. All right. Anyway. Uh, no, so the Z31 300ZX absolutely had a... Um, it looked perfect when they first designed it. Because it was like designed at the peak of 80s boxiness. Yeah. I think later on when they did... The aerodynamic upgrade, it just looked like a 240 in a fat suit. <laughs> yeah, it did try to... Well, yeah, um, we talked about this a long time ago. You said they're like Kuki and Zenki, right? Yeah, K- Kuki and Zenki. Um, Zenki means first edition, Kuki means second ed- edition. Okay. That makes um, sense, because I heard that on like S14s forever. Yeah, and it just kind of can apply to anything. Uh, and yeah, the Zenki um, to, or, or a Z31 looks way better. The... When it comes to like the S13, yeah, the the, the kooky, the second generation yep. S13, way better than the first. Oh, gen. I agree. The the second but gen S13 is actually pretty good looking. Pretty good looking, but the first gen is terrible. First gen S14, I think, looks pretty. good. But that's the thing is the Z31 post facelift looks like a first uh, a pre facelift S13 and just does not look good at all. Um, actually, I think I'll just go for any Sylvia. All the pre facelifts. <laughs> um, what's another one for you? Uh, well, the, the big one I want to talk about is the um, the W two twelve E class, and nobody knows what that means. So it's uh, like the twenty twelve to now E class. Maybe not now. It probably. Just oh got yeah, replaced. yeah. No, twenty twelve was. I actually, I think I've got a couple photos here. Let me pull these up. Twenty twelve was a very attractive year for cars. D- like it was. Design. I mean, but the thing the I loved about that E class. The the early ones had a really angular headlight design, which yeah, I thought I really looked like really, really nice. And the back end kind of had the same tasteful look to it. Uh, and the facelift was a really melty... They tried to make it look, kind of look like a CLS or something. Yeah, but... it's just like they, whatever they did didn't work, no. in my opinion. So uh, I've got my photos loaded here. Let me bring up the stream. So this is a pre-facelift W212E class. So the... It's dumb if I hover over that to get the dark. Great. Thank you. Awesome. This is what happens when you trust a <clears throat> uh, rental car agency in Kuala Lumpur. Pretty much limo land. It's yeah, pretty, pretty exactly. Mid. But yeah, it's got a, a really, really angular fog light and headlight. At I think that looks really good. That's a very classy looking car. And they facelifted it like almost immediately into this nasty piece of melty crap. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I don't like that. So I, that's my big one. The W212 E-Class. Um, 
the uh, the Datomasa Pantera, the yes. early cars, yes. versus the later like GT5s with all the fiberglass. Oh, crap when, on when them. they when they tried to make it into a Countach, a Countach and yeah. they failed miserably. Yeah. And then also the Countach. Actually, I I, I like the, the post facelift. I like the anniversary one, but every other one I prefer the early. Car. I just I think the the seventies ones are too plain. They it, if it doesn't seem fully realized on the seventies era uh, Countaches. So yeah, it's for me. It's definitely the later model Countaches I like. I, I like um, I forget his name, but I like the twenty fifth anniversary. Yes, uh, but actually, there's one I want to talk about. People don't re- don't really realize this. Subaru EA82 generation, the L series, like all their cars. Okay. So this one's going to require a photo. Okay. (laughs) Can you look up a 1986 Subaru GL10 or Subaru Leon? All right. So if we can get now, go to images. Go to images. Also, John likes your blanket. Uh, Thanks. Now, if we can go to, let's go to the 86 Leon Nasiak top uh, right. Yeah, let's look at that front end. So if we can actually get that picture up close, it's the grill that changes. It mm. goes from this like cool kind of honeycomb sort of grill thing. Yeah, you can scroll down. I actually wrote an article about this car. This guy's got an amazing... So the white car here? Yes, yeah, the white one. Okay. So it's got this like cool honeycomb. You can't really see if you... Uh, I'll, I'll put it on the motor call blog so you can get a better picture of it. Um... Yeah, this guy ends up doing a STI swap, and it makes like like 500 horsepower, and a car weighs 2,000 pounds, and it's all-wheel drive. It's very cool. Now, if you can Meh. look up a 94 Loyal. I'm going to wait for the encoding to catch up here real quick. Sure. But if you look up the 94 Loyal, they um, put in this like aero grill and stuff, and it looks atrocious. It is just like all body-colored out and everything, and... It's one of those cars where it was it was too of the era to try to update, and when they updated it, it just ruined it. Um, so you said ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Yeah. So if yeah, right there. Uh, let's go to ninety ninety four, or that one too will work as well. Whichever one you want, really. Yeah, that one right there. Click on that one. <laughs> so, if you look at the grill, it is just God, a, this computer's not happy. It's not happy at all. Ah. Uh. I can make this bigger. Here, right there, that wagon right there, third one down. That's a perfect example of it. Watch this be like the same image that's just like super small. But oh, I hate Windows so much. God, that's so stupid. Do I hate it more than Corey, though? There we go. Yeah, so see that grill now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That doesn't fit the style of the car at all. No, not at all. They tried to make they it. They sold that thing in 94. <laughs> yeah, dude. It lasted for looks 90. like an '82. It was designed in '85, '85 uh, uh, to '94. I, I will say that that's probably one of the best looking Subarus, like that body style, because Subaru does best when they do utilitarian. If they try to make something fancy, it always fails. Like when whenever they make something fancy, it looks like trash. SVX. Oh, you mean like the Tribeca? Yeah, the Tribeca looks terrible, but then like the Subaru RX looks great. Like, RX. but wow. Anyway. So yeah, no, that's that car I think is one of the strongest examples okay. of just like a revision gone wrong. And it, like all they did, they just they switched the, the grill. The grill and the bumper. <laughs> and it ruined the car. Did the headlights have nipples? They did the entire time. Mm, yes. Okay. 
<clears throat> that's what ruins it for me. They also had a they had a really cool sealed beam option too. I kind of made it look like an R thirty one Skyline. Actually, what's the one with the opening grill? Oh, the, the XT. Thing. Okay, but the thing is, the XT they never changed the body styling, so the XT and it always, always looked, looked very dated. It, it, it's one of those cars I want to love it a lot more than I can. <laughs> I just I'm not allowed. I, really, I just I, I just can't. I, I really because it's one of those cars where it's like that car looks really good if you do it right. If you get an XT six and you lower it okay. and you put on eighties arrow wheels, which are super hard to find in a five by one hundred lug pattern, like you can make them look much better. But they're still just so of the era. If you have no love for eighties cars, the yeah. XT six will be the worst car on earth. Yeah, and, and originally like. Back in the 90s when I saw those, I'm like, that is the ugliest thing ever. And now I'm just like, that is quintessentially 80s. Yeah, it's like the ride height was wrong. They got so much stuff wrong. Like the wheels were way too small and just like the proportions of the body. Like if you actually, I hate saying this, if you slammed it and put bigger wheels on it, it would look really good. That's exactly what it is. I've I've seen some of those where people, they not necessarily slammed it, they lowered it like... You could lower it like eight inches and not have it slammed. Yeah, no, they they lowered it uh, six inches in the rear, four inches in the front. Okay. And it actually sat like it should, like a sports car. <laughs> you get people like they look at me like I'm crazy. I took four inches out of the back of the Fiat. But then I saw one. Uh, it had the, um, you know, those really wide spoked Audi five spoke wheels. The fat fives off a TT. Uh, yeah, no, they had the really wide face. It's kind of like almost like an aero disc. I think it came off like an A8 or something. Like from yeah, the early 2000s? I know the wheel you're talking You're talking yeah. about a, a D2A8 wheel. Um, I think so. But also the TT had those in 5x100. Yes, I think so. But yeah, it, it was those wheels. Or the 5x100 or 5x112? Or 5x100. TT wheels. Yeah, it's a TT wheel. So the D1, D2A8 those, wheels are... Uh, I saw one of those. They were not chromed. They were just matte gray. Mm-hmm. And they were on a lowered XT. Yeah. Or XT6, rather. And it looked perfect. Mm-hmm. Like that that's the way it should have come from the factory. Yeah, those are eighteen inch wheels, I think. So No, it was a 17s? smaller one. It yeah, was 17. it was I think it was a seventeen or something. No, it wasn't even a seventeen. They're definitely it, it might might have been a different wheel then. Because this was I think probably a, a sixteen or something. But <laughs> it, it was like along the same lines. I can't remember what wheels. Well, any any something. Mark IV based donor. Yeah. But it looked really properly good. You need to have something Things you can't put on like a wheel from the '90s or 2000s. It no, won't work yeah. at all. It's not. It's, it's one like of those people that it's put uh, like modern three series wheels on like an '80s BMW five series or something. It does like, not no, work. No, you just don't. Do you that. need to have something that's of the era. It's like on my Cressida. The reason my Cressida looks awful right now is I have those terrible uh, ARE Estrella wheels. Oh, you don't have the Mark III Super wheels on. I yet. do. I do have. But I, just haven't, I haven't had time to don't have powder them coat them yet. and everything. Yeah. Tell me all about powder coat, powder coating wheels. I have two sets that I have to split and take. Ugh. Do you want to just do them all together and save the money? No. <laughs> Let's just chrome plate. I don't them. want to do. <laughs> the the kicker is the Marchiolago factory wheels are chrome plated. Oh. Yeah, powder coating those is tough. That's you can do it. Luckily, they're in perfect condition. But it's just like, ugh. Thanks, Jenna. Yeah. Anyway, I want to talk about wheels and tires actually. Yeah. Since I'm cutting you off, even if you're not done. No, I am done. <laughs> I'll let you know if I think of something else. Sounds good. Um, I want to talk about, uh, in Minnesota, I just swapped out my daily to uh, winter tires and wheels. But... Uh, okay. C4 Corvette. What about it? That's an R1 pre-facelift. I prefer it. And that's just wrong. No, they, they all... Ugly. Wrong. They're all ugly. Wrong. The only reason why people like late model ones is it reminds them of higher performance. Nah, because it's ZR1. And, well, I mean, the ZR1 is pre and post, but... Anyway. No, the, anyway. So, in, in Minnesota, anyway, a lot of people run two sets of wheels and tires. Yeah. But there's 
ups and downs to that. The up is your tires effectively last twice as long. Downside, you spend a lot of money up front to get a second set of wheels and tires. You yes. got to swap them. So what I'm getting at here is how often do people actually care about how old their tires are? It's like my my winter tires now are only a year and a half old, but like with, with how they're wearing, like if I'm this, the same way to this car, they're going to be older than four years by the time the tread is down to the point where I'd want to replace them. And after four years, a tire gets significantly less effective. I usually, with tires for age, yeah, I don't go like six. Maybe I think six, six, is, to, six to eight. But six is pretty okay. I mean, eight I would never do. I've never, ever, ever had a wheel. Or sorry, a tire last that long, though. Because I, I drive too much on my cars. See, I'm in a weird situation where I age out tires quite a bit. Because yeah. I drive well, mostly got, collector vehicles, which most like twenty five hundred. And not only that, miles. most of your cars are—they all run at the same time. Whereas, like, yeah, I've got like I've got just time in my life because I've got like you know I have to go to the Mall of America and stuff all the time, and I have to go and like just like go, do do go to Target and go do all this other random stuff that I don't want to do. If I only um, had one vehicle, it would—I mean, the tires would never last long enough to age out. Yeah, no, I mean, well, this thing is, I always drive just everywhere i go to like out out of the state all the time it's just so i'm constantly driving on my tires so zeros is worst case eight years six is fine so i just want you to know i i wore out my sumitomos on my van oh no since i've purchased the van in two years and were they new when you got it no i put them on oh geez i put forty thousand miles on it in that time frame that's several Yes, I put I I wore them out and they've lasted longer than Sumitomo said that they should. <laughs> <laughs> so when people bring up the the word like or the sentence tread warranty to me, I'm like, what? <laughs> Nobody's gonna warranty a tire on a car I own. Are you kidding me? If yeah. they did like data studies, you'd be like, no. We're, in fact, you shouldn't even be insured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I. Because, I mean, a lot of times when I buy a car, it has tires on it that are almost 10 years old or more than 10 years old. On the rare occasion, I'll find one that doesn't even have typical DOT date codes on it, which means pre-01. Yeah, I've seen that I'm before. just like, uh, scary? Yeah, we, it's I, like, we get a lot of those at work, actually. And I'm they're on camper vans. That's terrifying. I see them really on, like, trailers, sure. Camper vans, it's basically though. the same thing. That's terrifying. Yeah, let's load the whole family in this ancient, tippy Volkswagen and put it on 30-year-old tires. Yeah. What could go wrong? And uh, and they're like, well, no, those stars are fine. They got plenty of tread. Yeah, they do have plenty of tread. Oh but my you're God. you're I a hate one that retaliation. You, um, whatever, dude. Just go kill your family. I don't care. Like, don't don't sue me. I'm putting in. I'm giving you. A, you're gonna have to sign this waiver. But let's say in a hypothetical world, you've got your Sumitomos on your Mazda Five. Yeah. They're at thirty percent tread, and they're at seven years. Are you going to replace, replace them, them or are you going to wait until you drive them down to the wear bars? I'll replace them at that point. Okay. If it's, once it gets to that point where it's like really affecting my handling and my, my experience driving. Well, let's say you're not really getting any detrimental handling or rain. Oh, if I'm not getting any detrimental handling, I'll drive it until I hit wear bars okay. or until I hit seven years, eight years. And then I, I don't go 10 because 10 is a federal maximum. That you can go. Yeah, like, you start running into issues if there's an issue caused by your tires at that yeah. point. And it, I'm not going to do that, but it's usually around like eight years is like the lo- absolute longest I'll go. Yeah, I, I, I usually see a lot of weather checking and dry rotting before they hit eight. Yeah, it's the, the dry rots can kill you before you, you actually wear it. That worries me. It's, yeah, so 
That's I mean, a, that's, modern tires are good, but tread separation's a real thing. That's actually why I like Michelin. Is Michelin, their tires will separate before they get super old, and it's just like it's a safety thing. Tell me all about Mister Wags. Yeah, I know, right? But no, I mean it's it's one of those things where it's like that, that way you don't have the tires getting super old. The right. tread looks fine if you see that tread separation because mm-hmm. the tread separation it doesn't go all the way through. It's a very it, Superficial. Just, it's really superficial, but it's designed to look that way. So yeah. you go, oh my God, these look awful. Right. And then you replace them. Right. When they're really works. not that bad. Yeah. And yeah. that's exactly what they're for. And their people. compound is yeah. really good for the time that it's viable, too. So, I mean, I also really like Michelin tires. Yeah. No, that's, and that, that, well, what I like about it is, is I, per, I like Michelin for normal people because normal people will see that freak out and just have safe tires on their car. Yeah. Which and, is good, especially in a state like ours where we don't do safety inspection. Yeah, that's, so you can drive around on slicks or belts. I feel like there's. I'm gonna go back to this. I feel like there should be some level of safety inspection. Like we should not have an emissions inspection in Minnesota, but we should really have a safety. Like you need to have X amount of tire like tire left. You need to have so much. You you need to not have so much rust. Like I agree, I really do because I see a lot of scary ass cars. But like the cost of implementing that statewide. Yeah, that'd be ridiculous. Immense. I, well, I think it's just like maybe like once, you know, every 10 years you have to replace your license plate. And when you do that, you know, then Seven. you would have to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like when you have but to I replace mean, your driver's it's license. It's like a taxi. Yeah. That cost is, I mean, it's it's any approved like Midas or Meineke. And it's yeah. like a, a standard used vehicle inspection. Just like I think it. that you should have to take that into the DMV once every seven years for your plates to get new plates. I think that's yeah, smart. And I, I, I think, think that would cost almost nothing to implement. No, and I, I think it's just one of those things where it's just, just going to make the world safer because, I mean, yeah. how much how much more unsafe can a car get in that time frame? Like, right. realistically, that's, a, like, a not... Just, without, like, actually causing a car to be undrivable. I mean, imagine what would have happened to your brother if he wasn't driving an element. Yeah, like, if, he, like, if your element was in Jana's, like, in like Ron. The, like, the Ron's oh, yeah. condition where yeah. it's all Bondo, like... You'd be surprised how well they fare, but, like, just modern crash standards, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have been worse. Yeah, no, it's... it's well, I mean, well, it's I see just, pictures of, like, E30s were rendered by semis. I'm like, yeah, he's probably dead. Like, he lived? Wow. <laughs> well, no, I mean, just, like, things where it's, like, you have rust. Like, there's a, a, a key point of this car that's mm-hmm. now no longer here right. because it's been structurally marred. Once you have structural rust, it's, like, you know, like, you have a frame rail that's rusted through. Because, mm-hmm. like, we had a technician at work that got rendered by a nun. Mm-hmm. I was just say that was just sit there. He got rear-ended by a nun, rear-ended, and she a was, she was she nun. was wearing her habit and everything, so she looked like a nun. But his the car he was That's driving really rare for a nun. There, there's there's a nunnery like literally right also across known the street. As a convent. Yeah, a convent. There's a convent like a nunnery is something completely different. Than you know what I mean, <laughs> though, honey. A thing full of fucking nuns. Anyway, so there's one like right down the street from where I work. So she was like just running, you know, like getting groceries or something and just like happened to step out for a moment and yeah, rear-ended him. But it was one of those trucks where... Tucker's truck? No, it, it, way worse. Like this oh. one, this one's like gaping holes like through his entire body. Oh. Anyway, he got rear-ended at 20 miles an hour by a nun who was not driving like a maniac, I can promise you, because mm-hmm. she's a, a nun. And yeah, her car... Jesus had taken the wheel. Her car... uh even though she'd stepped on the brakes and hit him at, yeah, like 20, pushed all the way into the rear wheel and twisted the rear axle 45 degrees and pushed the tire up against the gas tank. Wow. Like, that's how bad that rust was. And things like that should yep. not be on the road. No, I agree. 
So that that's just one of those things. I think if your car is not able able to be lifted onto a, on a motive lift, yeah, you should not be allowed to drive that. If it's even a question, yeah. If that's if it's questionable, if like if I see it sink at all when I put it on lift, yeah, it's not going back on the road. You're buying a new car. Yeah, or another used car, yeah. a replacement vehicle. You are getting a special interest financing. Oh, or, uh, not sorry. a Dodge Journey. <laughs> You're getting a special financing vehicle. Oops, I think I just like unplugged my laptop. No, we're good. We're good. Oh man. Oh, oh that's actually. That's it. No, it's not. We we still have that Hyundai Kona. No, that's in the future topics uh, thing. Nope, that's that's it. All right. Well, we don't talk about the Kona this week. <laughs> we're not going to talk about the Hyundai. That's Kona too much thing. EV this week. Is, no, and that's coming from me. So much EV. Oh my god. I like EV stuff. Man. Uh, yeah, I do too. And you also like, like pre-war, but I haven't had an all pre-war episode. Good. That'll never happen. Yeah, it will. No, it won't. One day it will. No, when it you're won't. not here. No, Ryan. Yes, this, this podcast isn't happening without me on it, unless we're doing the the uh, it's moderate. Happened, thing. It's happened before. <laughs> it did once because I gave you all the stuff to do it. It's true. Um, <laughs> and then I uploaded it. <laughs> Although I didn't listen to it beforehand, so you could have put a bunch of weird crap in there. Exactly. However, uh, you're I will grabbing say, the pre-war bell, which is terrifying me. Yes, I want to talk about Yasuda Francini because they make very pretty cars made prior to World War II. I just haven't mentioned pre-war in a couple weeks. I decided I should just name drop you instead of Frenchie because they make pretty cars. And on Ryan's autistic pre-war bombshell, <laughs> we will be the end talk of the to episode. you all on Saturday. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye.